Hello, Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's the Macaw Podcast Universe. Take it's the two. Take two. Yeah, we don't. Third have... episode. Take two on this welcome. They don't have to know that, Jordan. They do now. It's an honesty thing. But but this is the podcast where uh, two lovers, uh, Micah Macaw and Jordan Macaw, go through and we dissect franchises, sequels, uh, universes, if you will. Hence the name, the Macaw Podcast. Should universe. they be in there? Should they not be in there? Are they good? Are, Are they, they bad? bad? What's good about them? What's bad about them? What if they're just okay? What if they're serviceable? Who knows? So our first series has been um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we're just doing Phase One right off the bat. We will do the others later, but um. So third installment of Phase One. Yes, and this one's unique because it's the first. This is our third episode, but it's the first sequel. Uh-huh. Because Incredible Hulk is part of the fran- the series, but it is not. Thought we agreed to forget that one. Okay. Uh, and moving on. <laughs> no. Uh, so today we're doing Iron Man 2. Uh, this movie came out May 7th, 2010. Mm-hmm. We were sophomores in high school. We were sophomores in high school. Were we really? Yes. We were. Wow. Um, so we are doing that one today. Let's do it. Yeah. Production notes. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So it's directed by the, the one, one and only. Wow, I was going to say the same thing. John Favreau. John Fave. John Favreau, yes. Uh, I wasn't correcting you. I just <laughs> needed to say his name again. I don't know why. Um, this one is only produced by Kevin Feige of the, remember the other two had the yeah, yeah, yeah. Avi Arid and um, another person. I can't remember her name. Um, screenplay by Justin Thoreau or Tiro. I just know someone with that last name. And they pronounce it T-Row. Could be. But. Who did a phenomenal job in Maniac this last year. Yeah, he's also a pretty sure past guest on CBB, Comedy Bing Bong. Really? Isn't he? Oh, was he on the show? Uh, The the podcast. Oh, I've never heard it. I just want to say that he is. I just think that he is. He also, though, plays Leslie Nope's boyfriend in the first couple seasons of Parks and Rec. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He is the, as Ron Swanson calls him, the tourist. Okay. He does a great job because he's always like, oh, this is really fun. Let me tell you about these fun experiences uh-huh. I had. Oh, that's right. And he's led some really, he's lived in really cool places, and but we're not talking about that. We aren't. But we are talking about Justin Tiroh. Yes. Most notable as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, however, his writing credits. Yeah. So I want to dig into his writing. He wrote... Tropic Thunder. Oh, yes. Oh, okay, I forgot about this, um, which I'll jump in. Um, Downey is the one who recommended Justin oh, that makes sense. to ri- write the script because he co-wrote Tropic Thunder. So he had a good... What, what year did Tropic Thunder come out? Uh, 2008. 2008. So he... Yeah, they had a nice working relationship, I suppose, and that's why he had him come in to do the script. Yep. So then right after that, he did Iron Man 2 which would make sense. Mm-hmm. And then fr- from that, he did Rock of Ages, which we need to watch because it's oh, got Tom Cruise in it. It's got the T. Cruise. So we got to watch it just because we love him and we support him. We love you, Tom. Blessings. Um, and then the last thing he wrote was Zoolander 2. Ooh, so he did two really great movies and then two really bad movies. But he is, uh, more than anything, a comedy guy. Okay. Um. Are you He's, hitting some of that up as well, or what? 
Are you hitting up the... Not too much. I mean, I think some of the most notable things are what we have already mentioned. I mean, he Mm -hmm. his acting credits in IMDb are 58. So he's he's just been in everything. I feel like he's that guy that he does a lot of voice acting. He's in a lot of TV shows. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of like never really the star. Yeah. But he... And I I wouldn't even call him being typecasted because he's so different in everything I've seen him. Yeah. But he's always a side character. Right. And it's always a really great side character. And remember what he was in that we saw uh, two years ago. He's an American psycho. Sorry. Yeah. He's one of the businessmen. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. But remember, he is is the code breaker in The Last Jedi, which was so weird and shocking to see. Yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We really. So we are going to do Star Wars. I guess it's settled. Well, we have to for doing this wonderful series we have to do that oh yeah um do you so what are we going into next well um i just wanted to hit the music is john debney once again so far we're kind of oh for three on the music for me like, okay it's it this movie more than the other two it it works well i couldn't tell you but any it's, notable it's parts. nothing interesting yeah and i think we're gonna run into that problem a lot in the marvel movies because really, the only movies that pop musically off the top of my head are the two Guardians, and it's mm-hmm. not the score that pops; it's the soundtrack. soundtrack. And then um, Black Panther had a Infinity War. Uh, Infinity War had a really good sound score as well. Yeah. So uh, Infinity yeah, Black War Panther and Black too. Panther. Yeah. Black Panther's got our boy Ludwig Goransson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs to be doing your boy. Yeah. Your boy Troy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then this one, this one's distributed by Paramount, so we're still. Um, not in the the Disney yet. Um, I think. Well, let me see. So on December thirty first of two thousand nine, Walt Disney purchased Marvel Entertainment for four billion dollars. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Um, so they would have had some sort of ownership of the movie, but it's just kind of slated as a Paramount picture. I think I'm gonna double check that though. Um, but this, it, it seems that they already had this Thor and Captain America going before um walt disney came in so avengers is like one of the first true disney's now i might i might uh later prove myself wrong when i do my research for um the other two movies but uh anyway uh yeah because disney acquires distribution rights for the avengers with paramount logo remaining on movie in 2010 so they were still kind of working to take over the franchise in phase okay. one. Phase two is like true Disney oh, okay. now has the franchise is is the impression I get. Again, could be subject to a couple of finer details changed as we go. Yeah, so um, anyway, uh, this movie came out May 7th, 2010. You already said that. I already said that? Yeah. I thought maybe I did, but I didn't delete the note. That was my mistake. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, I, uh, uh, it was nominated for uh, Best Visual Effects, mm-hmm. which the effects are pretty good in this movie. I would say so. They hold up fairly well. Um, production well, budget. Besides, um, well, oh, yeah, Mickey Rourke in that suit. Yeah, it, that yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah, but I mean, they had the same problem in Infinity War. They did what War. they could. Yeah. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. The, it, it, it cost $200 million to make this movie. Huge budget. That is uh, the amount of money it took to make Last Jedi, which is a Star Wars movie. Oh, wow. So 
That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then it, it did perform well, though. It did 623-933-331. So, so I thought you said it. Cause I, so I'd never seen this uh-huh. until we saw it. But didn't you say that fans weren't a huge fan of it? Well, that's that's what I thought, but I, I think I'm wrong on that. I might okay, be wrong. Because this movie rocked my socks off. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think I think it's a movie that um, it just... I think a lot of people were let down from the first movie. Is interesting. The, is the impression. I don't but, understand that. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, though. Um, and then the last of my notes here is that uh, Cheadle, Don Cheadle replaces Terrence Howard um, because of contract disputes. Oh. Um, a lot it, this is one of those things like a lot of these where you know there's a lot of articles about why did Terrence Howard really leave Iron Man and all this stuff as far as i know it's probably cuz he wasn't getting paid as much as he wanted to but we don't know really for sure mm-hmm. what that means so um that's that's what i have on the Terrence Howard so okay which would be a perfect segue for Don Cheadle yeah um, okay, I was not going to start on him. I know. Confession to the listeners, really dropped the ball on this one. Didn't have time to do to look up people. Um, currently making dinner at the, re- the recording of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're, we're pausing every once in a while so that So some grace, please. So Don Cheadle, I don't know very much about him. Like, I mean, I know he's in Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of that he's in. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he's been on a lot of things I've seen, but... I don't know too much about him. Um, so he's in a lot of TV shows early on in his career in an episode of The Fresh Prince. Really? Um, looks like... What the... Nope, that's not him. Looks like a weird movie, though. Um, but yeah, like, I'm, I'm looking through what I have in front of me right now, and it's a lot of things that, like, I've never heard of. Doesn't mean they're not... Doesn't mean they're not well-known movies or anything Mm -hmm. but nothing that really like strikes me um the first thing that does is boogie nights in 1997 where he plays buck swope who is the the guy who owns the um well he works at the stereo works at the stereo shop and then he's a he keeps trying by night and you also he keeps trying to reinvent himself like that's his thing in the movie yeah because he keeps changing his style it's like he's trying remember he's like a cowboy at one time yeah then he does this weird egyptian thing at one time and it's always so funny, mm-hmm. but it's also, I think, really relatable. Yeah. Too. When he has the shootout at the end of the movie. Does he die yes. in the movie? I can't remember. Who is he with? He's with, He's with his wife. Cause he yeah, gets but his married. wife was one of the people who had been in the movie for a while. Oh, I don't remember. I can't remember who she was, but um, I don't think it shows him dying, but he definitely got shot. Okay. It's been a when little bit. He's at bit. the donut shop and getting all those jelly filled and that scene the way they shot it you just want donuts so bad and then everybody starts getting shot and you don't want the donuts as much anymore you actually throw up donuts it's weird because you haven't eaten them but you throw them up you never eat them before boogie nights um and then he's in he plays sammy davis jr in a tv movie of the rat pack um (laughs) i know everyone knows that he's in traffic a movie i couldn't finish Mm, yeah that is apparently very well done or, I don't know, I wouldn't say well done. Very popular. A famous movie. Yeah. He's in Rush Hour 2, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, that's right. He's oh, in Ocean's yeah. Eleven. He's that's in right. all the oceans, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, I know I'm doing a pretty bad job on Don Cheadle. It's okay. It's but, okay. But, I mean, he's in, he's in a lot of stuff. He's yeah. in 89 
projects. Yeah, yeah. That's so much. So then, you, I mean, even with looking at Mickey Rourke, mm-hmm. who is a German-Canadian. I thought he was Hispanic. Really? Um, yeah. So he's in 84 projects. And I know even less about Ricky Rourke. I know he's in The Expendables. I know he's in a lot of action movies. Yeah. A lot of action movies. So I think I've only seen him in Expendables 1 because that was the only one I could get through and yeah. Iron Man 2. So I, I don't know about Mickey Rourke. I know he did a... Um, he did a certain movie that... Yeah, he did The Wrestler, which is a movie yeah. by Darren Aronofsky. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Oh, is it weird? I haven't seen it, but uh, Preston said it was good. Your brother. Yeah. It, it's pretty well revered, I think. Oh, okay. Criti- I've seen some of it, and it just looks very dated. Yeah. It's kind of old, right? Like 90s? I don't think it's 90s. I think it's too early 2000s. No. It, it's, it's probably around this uh, movie, actually. Let's see. Might be 2008, I want to say, is The Wrestler. Uh, 2008. Oh, Wow, good job, Micah. Yeah, but he's in Sin City, which came out in 2005. Oh, he's in Sin City. Yeah, he is Marv. I've never seen the movie, so I don't know what that is. Isn't that the main guy? No, he's not the main guy. Um, Yes, he's the main guy. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Clive Owen's in that movie? How come I haven't seen this movie? It's a good movie. Um, But yeah, so then he's in Iron Man 2 in 2010, which is the same same year as The Expendables. Ugh, man, that but yeah, he's rough. he's just been in so much action, mm-hmm. especially just like combat movies. Yeah. Um, he's in a lot of those. And then we have Scarlett Johansson. Who we, we are going to have a big conversation about that once we get to when her yes. character is introduced. Yes. Because uh, listener at home, if you don't know this, uh, Scarlett Johansson is extremely sexualized in this movie. And it is it does not age well. I'll put it that way. No, but we'll get into this. It's a little offensive. It's I'm going to say that it's not great. But she, she, the first thing that I see on her filmography that's most notable is Lost in Translation in 2003. Okay, Um, well, she's in some stuff before that, like The Man Who Wasn't There. Oh, Um, yeah, didn't know. But I mean, we don't have to cover her whole career. Just do the no. But I mean, Lost in Translation, and then she's in The Prestige. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's like the one that he had that Christian Bale has the affair with. Okay, as well. No, no, she's with Hugh Jackman, uh-huh. and then Hugh Jackman wants to figure out how Christian Bale does his stuff, and she gets with Christian Bale to learn, but kind of falls in love with him. That's right. That's what happens. Um, but yeah, she she's in a ton of chick flicks, but also a lot of uh, action movies. Okay, yeah, she yeah. She's, she's so like kind of split. She's not in very many dramas, I would say. I mean, she's I in, thought she was not an action star until this movie. I'm talking about from here on out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I thought this movie was like, oh, now she's an action person. Yeah, I mean, because she's in so many Marvel movies. Yeah. She, yeah. Um, but she, she's also in her. Right. She's the, she's the, the voice, voice of in the her. computer. She's in Don John as well. Yeah. Which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's movie. And then she's in Under the Skin, which I... That's the vampire movie, right? She's not a vampire. She's an alien. Um, that movie is so interesting to me because I've never seen it, but, um, I, I am like, I've looked up that movie so often because it's Uh so fascinating to me, but every time I look, look it up, I'm like, I can't watch that. It's just, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah. You know? Um, I think it was pretty well reviewed and I think think so too. I I didn't see it either. She was in, 
Yeah, she's in a lot of stuff. She's in Lucy. She's Ghost in the Shell. She's been. She was in um, Isle of Dogs last year. Oh yeah, she was good in that. So she she's a pretty big household name at this point. Yeah. But my favorite person in the movie who stole the show, beside Robert Downey Jr., was great. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. He does good. Love in this, this movie. guy. Love this guy. He's Justin Hammer in the movie, who's yes. a rival. Uh, military technology weapons producer yes and although not necessarily rival because tony's not interested in uh doing those weapons anymore but he is interested in making a suit and selling it to the military and my thing about rockwell on this movie is he is he knows what kind of movie he's in absolutely you know yeah. there's a scene later in the movie where he's selling uh weapons to don Cheadle and the military and he is doing this whole like speech about each gun where he where he'll grab a gun and then he goes he goes now this is the beretta blankety blankety blank and this one it's good you can shoot someone right in the face this is gonna happen but I can tell you, you you guys aren't interested in that. You guys, you guys, you guys are steak men. You, you don't want a little side. You want a steak. And then he'll pull out another gun, and uh-huh. then he does the whole spiel. And then he's like, he's like, oh, okay. But you guys, you like steak. You don't love steak. What you guys want is a nice dessert, a wine, if you or he. And he just does this whole thing throughout the the whole section. And I'm like, that's maybe my favorite scene of the movie because he just as our blank check. Uh, that that podcast blank check does they he bathes in the river of ham which just means yes it, sometimes in a movie you need to be hammy and this is the kind of movie where if you do it just right it pops and it's so great i also think that he because i don't know he you know he won the oscar for three billboards first oscar he's won to my recollection yeah um, he just just won the one yeah yeah and it's just my favorite thing about him as an actor is he talks so much mm-hmm. in most of his movies yeah I, I just love hearing him talk yeah he's so convincing in like every role that he is and i mean i forget that i'm watching sam rockwell he rules and anything so hard. and it's he's yeah exactly what you said he just hams it up and he's so funny but he's so dramatic yeah, and he doesn't always ham, but he no. That's that's why I think he's so good. Is in this movie he knows to be hammy. Yeah, but know? I would say one of his most notable movies um, that I know you haven't seen, and I've told you several times to see, is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I always forget. One it of has the, such the, a long title, I never remember. It's it. a George Clooney movie. That's right. Yeah. Um, and oh, it has Drew Barrymore in it. We're gonna forget that. But it's just so interesting because he plays this guy who the guy who invented the the Gong Show. And this guy, this is true, claimed to be an undercover agent for the CIA. So it's just a really weird story. He's such a weird so person. Good. Every time you mention it, I think we need to watch it. Yeah, and he it's just a mo- he just like gets wrapped up wrapped up in the weirdest things and it's sort of like the informant where it's like who's telling the truth in this movie? Yeah. It's so good. That's one of his best performances ever. I love Sam Rockwell. No, we've talked about uh Robert Downey uh, previously, I did want to touch on this because I think this is crazy. And I, Robert Downey has not kept private his paychecks from these movies, and so his first paycheck for Iron Man One was half a million dollars, and then so cheap. <laughs> then, in 2010, he Iron Man Two, he makes ten million dollars, so he. Not only doubles it, 
not only, not, not only doubles, it doubles that. He doubles doubles and then half of the original double to 10 He's million. got a good manager. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, this, this series really is built upon the back of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I mean, not just because he's the first one, but he is the leader of the Avengers. And I think after having watched Infinity War... And then going back and watching these movies, you just see how important he has always been. Without yep. him, there's definitely a hole. Yep. So, um, you know, more power to him. Yeah. You go, RDJ. Yeah. yeah sure. And uh, then, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, there, I mean, another person who does kind of ride throughout these movies, but in the background, mm-hmm. is uh, Samuel Jackson. That's right. Nick Fury, who is kind of like the MacGuffin for the Avengers. Because he, oh, in a way, yeah. is assembling them and just keeping that for the viewer, just like, it'll happen, it's yeah, happening, it's happening. Line throughout all the movies. Yeah, um, yeah. Samuel Jackson, everyone knows who he is. Yeah. It, it's even like, do I need to say things that he's been in? Yes, because that's my part of this. But, I mean, <laughs> he, he was in Jurassic Park. You know, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he was in Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park, Pulp Fiction, Snakes on a Plane, Jackie Brown. He is Glass. He's Mr. Glass in Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. And he's amazing. He's going to be Mr. Glass again in Glass. Yes. Or he was, because that movie already came out and we already saw it. Yes. Um, We didn't record this two months ago. No. And then he's in The Hateful Eight. Yes. Just... What a wonderful what, what movie did he uh, was he in right before this? I'm curious. Well, let's look if you want to be so technical about it. He he's the he's in guy. the other guys. Okay, so oh, yeah. in 2009, he's in Mother and Child, Astro, oh, and Glorious Bastards. He's the narrator. Oh, that's right, uncredited. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, in 2009, he's on like a ton of projects, but mm-hmm. not nothing too big. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I think we can pretty much jump in. Uh, another another quick little thing is, in the previous Iron Man, um, they built you know those cool suits and they did some CGI. In this movie, um, they built light partial suits that a person could fit in. Um, and I think if you compare Iron Man in any of the action scenes against the suit that Stark is wearing during this party, for example, you'll see that the party suit is much larger and bulkier. This is because he's wearing the physical suit during the party scenes, and then transition back to the CGI for the fight afterwards. Hmm. So, and I, I think from the same... Yeah, there, there you can see some sequences. There there are some images where uh, they just have... They just have certain special, um, like, motion capture suits on. So, um, now... I mean, I know that now he pretty much doesn't wear a suit, I think. Yeah. So, um, but they're still in the transition in this movie where sometimes he kind of is. Yeah. Or, or a partial suit. So, um, but now I think we're ready to jump into Iron Man 2. My initial thoughts on a rewatch, the last time, the, so the first time I saw it was in theaters um, and I loved it as a kid and I never saw it again, as is the case with all these uh, first movies that we've done. Um, but I, I really, really liked it. So I thought that it was great. Great on the rewatch. And then we watched it again and I thought it was pretty darn great. I was, I was surprised at how well it held up. And, um, the, 
it was it, it was just it it really did further the story and yet it laid a lot of groundwork for Avengers. Mm-hmm. So um, and I think it's fairly successful at both things. Yeah, for me, it first time I saw this movie, I think when it came out, I just didn't care um, about about these movies still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just completely missed it out of theaters and was like, well, I guess I'll never watch it. Um, so watching it today in the context of having seen most of the other ones, um, my as I said in the last episode, my expectations were so low. Mm-hmm. As usual with these movies, um, immediately from basically the first opener, when it focuses on Mickey Rourke, yeah, I was like, okay, this movie's great because it it's so confident in a sequel. It's not trying to remake the first movie yeah. and it's not trying to to piggyback off of the successes if anything it it's so and story story wise um so affected by the first movie in such natural ways mm-hmm. i thought it was i thought it was great i mean there were there are definitely some parts that weren't great yeah um however i really enjoyed it i had did a couple fist pumps yeah so, uh yelled a couple times especially with mickey Rourke, such a cool villain yeah, I thought I he was very cool. You know, he yeah. he starts off the movie and his father dies and you he, kind of hear um or he he sees that Tony's on TV um saying that he's Iron Man, which he said in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So they're replaying the footage, which was a, I think a really good way to kind of remind the yes. viewer what had happened without doing like uh the Rocky series how uh, almost all the movies except for the last 3, they start with the last like mm-hmm. a montage of, the and they're last they're movie. showing it through someone else's eyes. Yeah, so it's it's interesting and it works. And so they do that, and then you just see him building stuff. Yeah, and, and the whole time you're just like, who's this guy? Because he looks interesting. He's weird. He's from Russia, and you're just kind of like, who is this? And you and don't the, find the out interesting, for, until like two hours in the movie. Well, the really, interesting thing is. too is right before his dad dies, he tells you know that's on the news, and his dad's watching Stark. And he's like, I wish I could have given you that, mm-hmm. but all I could give you was my knowledge. And then he starts building all the stuff, and you're like, okay, his dad was some crazy scientist. Oh yeah, that I taught think him I all of this that stuff somehow. But yeah, yeah. so that's it. Just it validated that part of it, and it yeah. was really, really interesting. His dad did not look very old compared to Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, about uh, the same age, probably. Maybe that like. guy was like a couple years older, but mm-hmm. we're not gonna analyze that too much. No, no. Um, but then after that, it goes directly to Iron Man and his intro, and um, I think it's such a great way to bring him into the movie because you hear, um, I uh, which movie Highway to Hell, I think, or which song the ACDC song because yeah. it's kind of like ACDC is his yeah 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 soundtrack. Um, which this movie did have a uh, a ACDC soundtrack that didn't have any of the songs. Like, it didn't have any of the score or any of the other songs. It just had ACDC songs, and it included that, and it had like an it was in an Iron Man package, and I definitely owned it, and I think I still have it somewhere. So it's the Iron Man 2 soundtrack ACDC score. Oh. Uh, but then I think they had like the soundtrack, the normal soundtrack, and then I think they had a score as well. So a lot of that. So they had like more promo, a lot of different promotion and like cross promotion on yeah. this movie. Um. But anyway, it starts and that music plays and he flies into this conference, just flies out of the sky and everyone's like, Tony, Tony, Iron Man, Iron Man. And uh, there's all these girls in these weird like bikini Iron Man suits that are dancing and it's playing. They're his the... cheerleaders. Yeah, cheerleaders. Yeah. And then um, I think it's very funny. He does 
he does this huge show, and then his big move when the song ends is he just kind of slightly points downward. Do you remember that? And the crowd goes wild. And they go wild. Um, and then he talks about how they're bringing in, uh, they're going to do the Stark Expo again, which is kind of like a It's like a Disneyland for almost. technology. Oh, yeah. World Fair is a better one for that. Yeah. Where people get to come and showcase their inventions and their ideas and hopefully get funding from it. Yeah. That's, that's essentially what it is. But yeah, he's he's so cool. He's so cocky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you learn pretty early on. Well, no, because it's, then he has served a subpoena. Yes, and he has to go by Kate Mara of all people. By Kate Mara, who was uh, in one scene. Why was she so sexy? Well, because no, because she was trying to make sure she gets his attention to give him the subpoena. That yeah, but was she why. was sexy the whole time. The whole time. Oh, there wasn't was a part where like, him? yeah, after she served it to him, she wasn't like, I'm done. I know. I think, it was I like think that, scene would be, that scene would have been better if, because I think they were trying to be like, wow, Tony's so cool that even this girl who just has to give him yeah, a yeah, subpoena yeah. wants him. I think it would have been funnier if she gives it, like, he's like, who are you, honey? She hands him the subpoena and then she's just like, anyway, see you later and just walks yeah, away. Yeah, that would have been funny. But anyway, so then he goes in front of... Uh, is it the Senate or Congress or I think some Congress. branch, some branch of government? Because they're demanding his, his suit. Yeah, because they're basically saying that he is a weapon. Yes, and uh, that's that's an interesting concept. I like that. A oh lot. yeah, it's and it's great because it's directly affected by the first movie. Mm-hmm. This huge thing happens. This man is a weapon. How could the second movie not be like if it wasn't about that? It would be. It, I wouldn't even know what they would do. But I think it would be a lot worse. And and what's what's interesting is if you notice the movie kind of is a it, there there is something to be said for it's a capitalism versus big government movie yeah and it's interesting because Hollywood doesn't tend to err on the side of capitalism but they do in this movie yeah um, because the whole movie there it's like they want to regulate and restrict this but he, really just use going, it. They're not yeah. really regulating it. But yeah, I know what you mean. And then he's going, well, uh, I'm the one who made it. This is America. Also, uh, he I is the only one it. who can use it because of his heart. Well, I, I mean, I know other yeah. people invent it, stuff like that. But they, yeah. th- part of the problem, it shows other people are un- doing it unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because it's unique to him. Yeah. But then we have Mickey Rourke who perfect, well, not perfects it. He makes his own version of it. Right. Um, but But the point I'm trying to make is that it is. It's funny and interesting that the movie is like a pro-capitalism movie, mm-hmm. in one sense of looking at the movie. You mm-hmm. can read it that way, um, and I think that's showcased the most in the courtroom scene. Yeah, which is a circus. And yeah. is this the first and or the first two and only two f words in the entire series? Well, they don't actually say it. Yeah, they're beeped out because it's on TV. But I don't think there's any others. It was so perfect. We'll it was so funny. Because it was like, a F you, Mr. Yeah. Stark, F you. Yeah. As he's walking away after he, he just kind of tears up this. That guy was so Congress. good. Yeah, he was Whoever good. that guy was. Um But yeah, it was so, but then uh that's when we are introduced to Sam Rockwell, who was introduced during that whole case, mm-hmm. and you're seeing that he is trying to do the same thing. He he's trying to make these robots just like everyone else to use his weapons. Yeah. Um and then Directly after this scene, we see we realize or no, we're shown that the the heart thing in Tony Stark is killing him. Yeah, because it can't. 
it's, it's just it's not get, sustainable. It's putting toxicity in his blood. Yeah. And one thing, uh, back to the court, um, I wanted to touch on, if I can remember. Oh, yes. It continues the, um, the, the ideas that were presented in the first movie, which is why I think it, another reason why it works so well, because uh-huh. it's still Tony trying to say, yes, you can regulate weapons, but I am trying to keep peace. I'm not trying to do weapons, which is the whole arc of him in the other movie. So they didn't go back on that or anything. So anyway. Which is so interesting because his version of peace is the world revolving around him. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie is showing him on this huge narcissistic narcissistic rise. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, is something he has to choose between by the end of the movie. Um, but it's like, yeah, I'm going for peace. But then, um, kind of after that, they go to Monteco. Is that what the country's called? Monteco? That country in France or that city in France. Oh, Monaco. Monaco. (laughs) Monteco. Anyway, you know, he, he's there. Um, there's this really famous race that's going to happen. He's like, yeah, I could race. Mm -hmm. And he goes and like pays some guy off and just starts racing like an idiot. But he can't because he's Tony Stark and he's so cool and everyone loves him. Right. And that's when Mickey Rourke is introduced. Well, in we are we're, you're missing uh, what something. Okay. Uh, not to not to derail. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. But there's a scene before. So we've done all this, uh, and then Tony is he gives the company to Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep. At Pepper Potts, and then um, he is boxing with Happy Hogan played by John Favreau, and uh, this woman walks in. First shot of her is a big old butt shot, if I remember correctly, uh, and she is this um, person that is portrayed as this sexy, sexy, Notary. Sexy, the sexiest sexy, notary sexy you've ever notary. seen. And this is, this is my biggest problem with the movie um, because it is so gross to me um so she comes in sexy and and tony stark is like yo who are you this that and the other thing okay whatever and i just think this speaks to this weird issue in hollywood where um not to go too much on a tangent here but later on in the movie we of course we find out she's black widow although they never say black widow i don't think not that i remember um and then she like beats guys up in this one scene, which is actually a pretty cool action sequence. But there's this weird thing in movies that I you notice where they present a woman and they go, oh my gosh, she is so hot, she's so sexy. And you think to yourself, well, that's sexist, that's gross, stop doing that. But then they show her beating up a bunch of people and that she is, quote, a strong female character. And I don't think... Being sexist and then allowing that character to just beat up a, a bunch of guys makes up for the fact that you were sexist to begin with. Yeah. And there can be, I guess there can be sexy characters, but it's it's very weird because it's it, like the scenes with her, are very, they're shot with a man behind the camera. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. are not shot through a woman's eyes. They're not shot objectively. And it's pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I just I think it's weird that every strong female character has to be a badass who is sexy. Mm-hmm. She can't be bland and a badass, and she can't just be you know I don't know. It's it's so infuriating, and it and it seems like for the most part 
the movies that I've seen Scarlett Johansson in, it seems like that's kind of what she is in her movies. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's a bummer to me. Yeah. And so usually when I see her, I'm kind of like, oh boy. Yeah. She's not always that way in movies, but still. Yeah. I feel like every time I see her in a movie, she has to reprove herself to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel, I don't care even a little bit every time I see her in it. I don't, yeah. I, one thing I'm really confused about, and this is someone who's never read the comics. Mm-hmm. So take that with a grain of salt, listeners. Don't understand why she is so central to all of these movies. She's, yeah. I, I've never heard of her. And I know it's kind of like going along with like what we were talking about with the Hulk. It's like, maybe there's just stuff that goes over my head because I'm not, I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, I feel like they wrote her in because they needed a female character. Because they had all these men superheroes. They needed a female superhero. And I'm just, I'm not interested. There's just something about it where I'm not, I'm not interested in her character. Same with Hawkeye. It's just like, I'm just, they're just there to help them fight a big battle scene. That's about it. Yeah. But she's, she, she keeps popping up and she's like helping out. And I understand she's like a really smart secret spy who can help out with a lot of stuff. With, like that but mm-hmm. I, I don't think she has warranted that yeah and and she's yeah i i guess you you see her and it's it's it does feel like she's in the movies for a demographic yeah not because she actually is central to the story and i you know it is there sh- probably should be more female characters in these stories but um you know that's that's part of the reason why I'm excited for Captain Marvel because it it seems like it looks like from the trailers she is just a cool character and she's part of the story so it will be interesting in that way. Yeah. This is like the way she's introduced and what she does throughout the series. I don't know, it feels like it could be anybody. Well, someone I would contrast her with is in Black Panther, his bodyguard. That girl mm. is so cool yeah she she seems like she's has way more experience in combat than even black panther which you know it's not really true but um she is just so especially how she acts how the actress acts Uh it's just like she's so not overconfident she's so confident about what she's doing though and she's just she's doing her job well and i'm not saying the actress at that point i'm saying like the bodyguard yeah and she serves her purpose. She's not serving to another purpose. Right. Whether that be sexually or in some other way. Yeah. As I'm not distracted by her. I actually am like, I want to see more of her because she's so awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. And and I think, I mean, to to, I know, I know there might be someone who's listening. I understand that Scarlett Johansson in these movies does have purposes. And and she like in this movie she is supposed to kind of double cross Tony to set him up so that they have someone spying on Shield. My point is it could have been done better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think we got through the tangent. Yeah, but there's going to be more because she is a central player in these. Uh, maybe maybe our mind will change in some of the other ones. Doubt I it. don't think so. But I know in Avengers she didn't really bother me. But maybe that's because she just. That's where was I got there. confused. I think that's the first time I saw her, too. No, Infinity War is what I meant. But oh. she's also like in it for, you know, five minutes because there was too Thank much God. other stuff to cover. Everyone got five minutes of screen time. Yeah. There's so many people in that movie. Um, but then we get to the race. Mm-hmm. And 
side note, Elon Musk is there, and mm-hmm. he is like excited to see Tony, which is a kind of funny joke because he's basically a real life Tony, and mm-hmm. for him to be excited about Tony, it's kind of funny, mm-hmm. kind of cute. Um, but then we have this scene where Whiplash, played by Mickey Rourke, att- oh, that's the name. Yes, he attacks um, Iron Man when he's driving in the race car. He's not Iron Man though; he's Tony. He's Tony. And this scene is cool. Yeah, it's this scary. Scene is really cool. The way they shot it, the effects in the scene. Yeah, I would be so interested to see how much that one scene cost. Yeah, because there are some other bigger set pieces, but the effects are so good in the scene. I feel like that scene alone was just like twenty five, thirty million dollars. Yeah, and or I something. think that he he plays that stone cold character, stone cold Ugh. face character so well. So, most sometimes it's really boring. Yeah. It's like, oh, I would expect that from the villain. He is just, it's just so, it's, it's so It's a little great. haunting. Yeah, it scares me. And it's cool because we don't know what his motive is yet. Yeah. And so we're just like, why is he even doing this? So he's using these electric whips that he's hitting cars with, and they're just going flying. And I loved um, that special effect. If you have not watched a movie recently, just look up the scene because it's that cool. Mm-hmm. Um but he'll like rip the cars in half with one strike of the whip and you can see the interior of the car yeah. and then there are orange burn marks like yeah. it just got out of a fire. I think when that happened, I, I said genuinely, whoa. Yeah, we got a genuine whoa. I think so far, I think that is the best scene in the series. Okay. For me personally okay. or like the coolest scene. Yeah. Because it it's so superhero-y. It's so over the top, but it is so cool. And he yeah. is so imposing. And, yeah. to, and to see Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark weak is also very interesting. Yeah, he was scared. There was fear in his face. Yeah, so I love when he he does it to Tony's car. He gets out. Tony's dodging it, but he doesn't have his Iron Man suit. So then um, Happy and Pepper Potts drive in. They have a briefcase. They finally get the briefcase The briefcase out. has a suit in it. Well, the briefcase is his suit, yeah. which is also so freaking cool because he just puts it on the ground and steps into it and becomes Iron Man. Yeah. That seems yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's just a cool scene. Yeah. It, and it's like we were talking about in uh, Incredible Hulk, there are times in these movies where they actually did really good action. And I would argue that this is like pitch perfect action filmmaking. I know. I've seen it in movies like Pitch Perfect. <laughs> It's great. Completely derailed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they pin him, the uh, whiplash, so he's arrested. Um, he is in oh, jail. One more thing okay. about the sequence. I'm sorry, but just to point out again, and it looks so good, when whiplash, he pulls off his shirt a little bit, and then he turns on his whiplash, and his his clothes Oh, yeah, that was pretty freaking awesome. And those effects are so great. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Sorry. Nice mention. I forgot about that. I love that. Um, yeah. So then he's in he's in jail in France, um, and you oh, would yeah, presume forever because he definitely killed some people. Um, yeah. And they just said did such a wonderful breakout because he. I mean, it's like he knows that he's going to be broken out too, but he doesn't even really know by who. Mm-hmm. And he's given food, and one of the the items on his food tray is. I mean, it's covertly. Like it's covered, it's a bomb, and this man comes into a cell wearing the same um, number, prisoner number. Yeah. So he they fake his death. 
And I, what's so cool is when he just, he looks at the guy. Yeah. And, and Whiplash just knows what to do. And he just knocks him unconscious. Yeah. And it's. Just, and as a viewer, I'm confused. I'm like, okay, I know he's breaking out, but I don't know how or Like, what. where is he going? He just walks out of the prison? I don't think so. And he walks out, it explodes. Yeah. And again, really nice action. Yeah. Filmmaking. Because remember, he sees the guard and he just like picks him up John and Favreau, breaks his neck. John Favreau likes walking away explosion shots. Yeah, that's two. That's yeah. two. Yeah. Um, well, no, there was one too when he hit one of those cars with the whiplash thing. And there was oh, an explosion right. behind him. So cool we're, we're three right now. Well, it's also cool because those are, that, that's what they should be doing. Because when you look at a comic book, those are yep. the kind of shots you see. You're watching a movie and you're like, I bet that's a frame. Yeah, it looks like a frame from a comic book. It's or a panel. So cool. Yeah. A panel, yeah. But yeah, so he he's taken to Sam Rockwell, who he discovers is the man who bought his freedom, essentially. Um, Another and, great scene where he's eating oh, dinner yeah. out by the... The plane. Yeah, and it's a Sam hangar. Sam Rockwell's just saying like, oh, we can get anything shipped over here. This is It's a really hard to describe how great it is. As his acting is. You know, it's like, he's, you just have to watch it. He's charming. Oh, would you burp <laughs> there? <do> again. <laughs> he's so charming in this, in he, this movie. He is charming. And he's crazy. Yeah. Um, he's so great. Yeah, so he, he basically tells him like, this is the reason why I got you out of prison. This is what I want you to do for me. This is what I can do for you. You basically owe me your life because I saved yours. Yeah. And then you whiplash was just like, this is amazing. Like best thing that could ever happen to me. Give me my bird. Cause he's a bird that's in Russia. Yeah. He's like, all I need is my bird and I'm set. Did we, he ever get the bird? He did. Okay. Remember? Cause they put the bird in a bag to threaten oh, yeah. him yeah. later on. But yeah. Um, side note. Uh, this is going to be my, fun thing to say about sam rockwell i like my sam on the rocks yeah okay that's pretty good yes he's on the rocks the whole movie yeah because rockwell okay uh now we're back in the movie yeah um then we have that sequence where uh iron man and uh, War Machine fight because Iron Man is drunk and he is not using. Oh, is that what Don well. Cheadle is called? Yeah, that's his oh. like um, not his character name, but his superhero name. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that sequence is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're tearing up the house, and Tony Stark is being so irresponsible. And we, at that point, it's at that point in the movie too. With having the, all the stuff from the first movie, as a viewer, you're just like, <sighs> will he ever? stop thinking about himself mm-hmm. will he ever start thinking about what he what he's doing and how it affects the business but not even that just like he's a public figure mm-hmm. so just how is that going to affect all those things he's not he's not really thinking about anyone but himself just he just wants to have a good time yeah and it, i mean you look at him and it's it's sad because you're looking at a sad lonely person because these yeah. people aren't his friends who are at no. his birthday party he doesn't know any of these people pepper pepper probably his closest friend and uh war machine yeah. walk into the party after it's been going on for probably hours yeah and it's like so his two close and you see that pepper has there. a present for him but you we, she never oh, yeah, gives it to his him birthday i forgot yeah and she never gives it to him did she ever give it not to that him? they not that it was revealed to us oh, okay so it's like she what she probably bought something nice for him and you know it's 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 just, it was just sad it was sad to watch you feel a little like despaired for that for him because it's just like how can he be iron man when he's like when he's tony stark yeah and it's nice because uh famously in comic books he 
he's an alcoholic and there are some runs and issues where they ha- they like really deal with that. Yes. And I feel like they haven't like fully dealt with his alcoholism and it would have been cool. I still imagine he's probably going to die in a- the new Avengers, but in this movie they touch on it more. Yeah. And um that's kind of nice to see. Yeah. Um and then and then we have uh there's a little Daft Punk in that movie. Robot Rock. Robot Rock when they're fighting. We were, and we got more, some more fist pumps at that part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the movie does something I'm not as big a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of takes this sidestep to establish um, his relationship with his father and then to kind of set up the Avengers. And the setting up of the Avengers isn't really... It's pretty good. It, it's decent, you know, because uh, Nick Fury is basically like, I'm going to force you to figure out what's wrong with your heart because we need you. Yeah. And you need to get over this slump you're in. Yeah. So he starts, you know, cause he's worried about his mortality. That's why, that's another reason why he's getting drunk. Cause he thinks he's going to yeah. die. Yeah. Um, but finally, you know, he's doing his thing and then it's kind of like, um, it, he does this whole sequence where he's watching videos of his father. Well, you know, what's interesting about that? He's at the beginning of the movie when he gives that presentation at the expo. Yeah. He's like, it's not about this. It's not about that. It's about legacy. Oh, yeah. But it's like he's almost rejecting his own legacy because uh-huh. of his bad relationship with his father. Oh, so now he's accepting it? Now he's like kind of forced to accept oh, now his I like that legacy. Part. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, he even signs away the company. I mean, you know, he's still like an owner. He reruns some things, but he's not the CEO anymore. He gives that to Pepper. He's like rejecting. You the movie, Jordan. <laughs> he's, he's rejecting his legacy until it's called upon him to accept it. Ah, dang it. Now, now the part I had the biggest <laughs> problem with, I don't have a problem with anymore. You're welcome. Yeah, cool. Okay, the movie's better now. Um. Okay, <laughs> but I, I, what I was gonna say is they sidestep to do all of this stuff, um, and then he's able to find this atom. That sure, that can because solve it was that part was really unclear. That that whole ten minutes that, didn't make a lot. The of sense. hard part about that though, um, is what? How else could they have explained that? Yeah, I I don't. It's a no one's gonna know what that any of the scientific stuff means. Right. So it, it was one of those weird things where it's like I I don't know what they could have done, and I don't know if they could have done it better. Yeah. I was really lost. And I now just, that you've made like, the legacy argument, I don't think you can cut it. You're right, Jordan. You fixed <laughs> well, it. Well, I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like. I'm just going to let, I'm going to ride this ride they're taking me mm-hmm. on and I'm just going to trust that this is a good thing and it's going to be fine. But it is, it is inexplicable. Yeah. It, like the way his dad hides this molecule and then the way he creates it are not really explained. Um, there's that great joke where Agent Coulson comes in and he goes, where do you find this? And it's Captain America's shield who has not been in the series at all yet. Yeah. And then he goes, oh my gosh, can I see that? That's perfect. And then he sets it under a pipe to even it out. Yeah. And he's like, perfect. Yeah. Which I think was very funny. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. Um, Gotta say, I like Cheadle more than I like Terrence. He was very good. Howard. I really liked the scene. One of my favorite scenes of the movie, in terms of just visually how cool it looked, was when they were in the Japanese garden. I yes. know. I know I'm jumping yes. ahead a lot. Yeah. But um, it, it was so beautiful because they have all these cherry blossoms falling around them this is at the end yeah when the final sequence is happening yeah it's just all these cherry blossoms and it's all green and there's this brook like running through this Mm -hmm. and it's 
it was very beautiful for an action sequence. I, I felt yeah. like it. Yeah, it was. It was. I really liked that they chose that kind of backdrop, and it made sense because they were in this like world fair. Yeah. Thing. So it's not like oh, where do they like where are they at now? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So it was, that was cool. cool. Um, kind of we're kind of jumping around now. So sorry, person who's listening. Um, we just have one person. Well, I hope it's I hope it's one hundred people. Wow. Yeah, shooting big for these stars. Uh, talking about you, Tom. So uh, Cruz. Oh, I hope Tom Cruise is listening. Tom, we'd love to have you on anytime, any movie. It doesn't even have to be a series. Hey, you choose the movie. We'd love to sit down and watch all six Mission Impossibles with you and do a podcast for all of them, though. We'll make popcorn. We'll make popcorn. I'll. What do you need? What do you need? We can make it happen. I won't join. I won't Scientology. join Scientology. Sorry, I can't do and that. And I'm not trying to make fun of you or anything like that. I'm just saying, if you're listening right now, I'm not going to join Scientology, but we'd love to have you over. Just give us a call. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, bef- I, I forgot, though, before he does the, f- discovers the molecule, he goes to Pepper, and he's trying to apologize to her about the whole incident with getting drunk, and he brings strawberries. Yes. And she's like, there's one food I'm allergic to, and it is strawberries. Yeah. And they have a whole interaction, and I just think... It, I forgot how how much chemistry those two so have wonderful together. that was such a great scene and he he's really trying to be apologetic but it's only as apologetic as Tony Stark can be which is it's not very most much. most people's like narcissism yeah is apologetic as most people's narcissism and so um it's a great scene it's weird that Natasha is working Scarlet. with Pepper Potts. Uh, yeah. Because they didn't seem to like each other. Oh, no. Oh, she doesn't sleep, by the way. She's a notary. She's now an assistant. She's Black Widow. Yeah, she doesn't. Well, Black Widows famously don't sleep. Oh. That's, that's not true. wonder how many people she's eaten. Probably just all of her husbands. Yeah. And children? Do they nope. do that? No, that's Daddy that, Longlegs. Yeah. Uh, Why do they do that? I don't know. I think I'm wrong. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> But uh, in and also in that sequence when he is finding the element, it, it's funny to imagine in that sequence uh, what was happening on set that day because none of the images that were being shown were there on set. What are you talking about? Because they're holograms. When he's trying to reconstruct that atom and oh, make the right, new right. element, yeah, 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 or uh, element. I've been saying atom, element. Yeah. Um, it's just him waving his yeah. It's just him waving his hands around on set. Yeah. That's it. Which is just funny to think about. Um, then we finally get to the final sequence with Sam Rockwell, and he's presenting um, all of his robots, and then uh, Whiplash, who's mad at Sam Rockwell for doing the hiding his bird and forcing him to do things. Well, he his he way. he uh, created a product for him that was better than what he originally wanted, uh-huh. and he was upset by that. So then he was like, you're not going to give me what I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take things away from you that you want. So he takes his bird away. He takes his shoes. He, and then he's like, he has these guards that are going to watch him. So he oh, can't yeah. do anything. So he's taking his, his freedom away from him. Not like he had much, but like they're, they're, he's taking his basic human rights away from him. Yeah. So it's like he is in turn going to take that away from him. Hacks into the robot's mainframes and takes them over and like a lot of marvel movies a lot of people die yeah and then they fight them all off and then whiplash comes in in his suit 
Yes. And that fight is very anticlimactic, which is a bit it's of a very bummer. quick. Um, no, I'm fine with it because the other stuff was so long. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's like he was such a cool bad guy and yeah. then they just kind of kill him. And yeah, then- it's like they really gave it to him in the first act. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's a, it's a little it's a little backwards. Yeah. Um, and then, you know. Black- but does he die? I think we just assume he does. They don't really say. Oh, they do that explosion thing. Yeah, where okay. they shoot their blasts at each yeah, other yeah, yeah. and then it explodes. Oh, and then all the robots are about to explode. No, because he's like, I win. That's the last thing we see of him. And then they fly away. And so they might not have killed up. him. Yeah, but he's not in any other other movies. Doesn't so. mean he's not dead. It would or be doesn't cool mean he if, is dead. Well, no, I think he's Whatever, whatever. So then he saves Pepper and then she flips out and is like, I resign as being CEO. I can't take this anymore. I can't do this, do any of this stuff. And they have such a sweet embrace. Mm-hmm. And Don Cheadle watches the whole thing. Yep. And then finally, Stanley cameo. He's mistaken as Larry King. I thought it was movie. funny. Pretty funny. It's my third favorite out of the three. Okay. I would say second for me. Oh, like it better than the soda drink? Yes. Okay. Well, so that is Iron Man 2. I think we pretty much covered it all. Yes. I think we covered it pretty thoroughly, actually. I'm I surprised we delved that deep. So, as far as the series goes, what do we think in the larger framework of a franchise? And then specifically, how do we think compared to just Iron Man? As a franchise, wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Black Widow. I mean, they introduce Black Widow. They introduce... Um, uh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Although he is in Iron Man, he is, but the, he scene, is a little but... bit more of a, a central role. Yeah, and then not—I mean, not super central. And then the other guy from Agent of Shield is in it. Yeah. So they—I mean, I know he's in the other one, but they really introduce him here. Mm-hmm. And then you have Don Cheadle, who was really—I mean, I know he's in the first one, like pretty significantly that character. Yeah. But I feel like it's—he's realized. Yes. In this movie, yes, absolutely. So it's very important character wise all these things that happen plus for pepper Potts character development really important also it's just great yeah as I, an I iron man movie great. it is just what you would want from a sequel it's a little bit better i think I, yeah i don't think i have anything else to add because okay, i agree let's with all it. that stuff so next week oh, i just burped so <laughs> okay, much next week is thor next week is thor and just my preliminary guess I think we're both going to really not like it. Nope. But we'll see. Yeah. Because I've only seen it once and it was a long time ago. Me too. So we'll see. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Share it with your friends too, please. And your parents if you think they're into that. Yeah. If they're not, just hack onto their phone and subscribe so that we still get the subscribers. Thank you. Thank you. And Tom, still waiting for that phone call. Wait for that call, baby. See ya. See ya.